Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. This is episode uh, 32, and uh, we are sitting here in the in the green room on Gilead Road. Uh, apparently, there as we're recording this, there's some kind of hurricane-ish rains coming soon, so that'll be something to look forward to. But even more to look forward to, we're sitting down today with Cammie and Philip Howard. What is up, guys? Hi. Good How's it to, going? It's going good. Good to see you guys. So let me start with this. Um, if if people have been around Lake Forest for any length of time, which actually a lot of people who listen to this podcast have not been, but if they have been, um, they've in some capacity probably seen you guys or gotten to know you guys. But for those who haven't, um, what is the what is the condensed version of the Howard's Lake Forest story? How you guys came to be here, um, and then what you guys have done uh, since you've been here at the church. All right. Well, um, we have been at Lake Forest. Taylor was one when we came. She's 15. So about 14 years we've been here. Um, We're, you know, kind of old. And so when we first got here, we actually um, intentionally did not serve anywhere for six months. And that was a decision that we had made from... um, serving in so many different ways at other churches, we wanted to really hear, okay, God, how do you want us to um, serve at Lake Forest? And so that was hard for six months, but at the same time, I feel like it was really one of the best decisions we've made in Hmm. church. And so my first, um, I guess the first thing I got involved with was teaching at Oasis in women's ministry. And that was a way that I actually got to know a lot of the women here that I'm now really good friends with so um and then after about four years yeah I've been on staff 10 years so I was sitting in Starbucks and got a phone call from Mike Moses and asked me to um, on an interim basis come lead children's ministry and we had had a few staff that um, were leaving to do other things and so when he called I kind of looked around Starbucks and wondered if I was being punked because I'd never done children's ministry. Turns out that was God's uh, entry for me in being on staff at Lake Forest. And so past 10 years, I've done children's ministry and family ministry, which was overseeing children's and youth. And then now my latest gig here for the past few years is uh, now overseeing women's ministry and youth ministry from more of a higher level, not necessarily um, involved in all the details and then also doing pastoral care. Awesome. So I love being here. This is an awesome church and I've felt that way since day one, honestly. It's great. And Harrison, thank you for saying my name. I'm much, much better known around church as Cammie's husband. <laughs> but I, I do have a name. My name is Philip, and uh, I've been here just as long as Cammie has. We were married when we showed up. Um, I serve on the missions team uh, and then I also have been leading or facilitating, I like to say, a men's Bible study for quite a few years that meets on Wednesday mornings at uh, 6.30. We, we met via Zoom and in-person combo uh, just this morning uh, studying First uh, Peter. And I uh, had a rousing discussion this morning about how we as believers are, uh, what, is, what do the scriptures really tell us about how we as believers are to uh, approach government and how we're to um, behave and act if and when 
we disagree with our we disagree with authority, and so we talk some about civil disobedience and how that um, uh, how we're as how we as believers are called through Scripture to behave in in the midst of all that. So we, we handled it in 10 or 15 minutes and yeah, right. moved on. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's good because the rest of the podcast, we're actually going to be talking about who you're voting for yep. and uh, <laughs> uh, controversial. No, no, no. Um, that's awesome. Well, th- well, thank you guys for jumping in. The, the reason uh, that we wanted to have um, uh, we wanted to have the Howards joining us today is because Cammie taught uh, just a couple weekends ago in, in our series, Money Talks, and we... Uh, we just wanted to to get a little bit of wisdom and 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 pick your guys' brains on some uh, practical stuff. Cami did a great job of sharing a lot of uh, real practical uh, next steps and stories from her own life. We just wanted to to unpack that a little bit more as we're uh, really now just kind of getting ready to wrap up this season. We figured this would be a good way to kind of put a bow on it. So, my first question, uh, Philip, is for you. In the teaching, uh, Cami mentioned that. Uh, your son Zach uh, was one time uh, caught paying for something by taking money out of a tip jar. I was just wondering if you learned that from you. <laughs> yeah, he may have, Harrison. Oh, he may have. My my reputation precedes precedes me, I suppose. Raise a child, train them in the way they should go. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, that is that is so something that uh, that's something that my child named Zach would also probably do at some point in life. So I mean, the money was sitting there. Like I, it seems obvious. It sure does. Yeah, yeah, it's just a larger scale, take a penny, leave a penny kind that, of thing, yes, right? Yes. Um, no, my my first question for you is this, uh, Cami. You you anchored a lot of what you talked about um, uh, in the passage. It says uh, where uh, basically where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, and. Uh, as as I've thought and reflected on that, as we talked about just a, just a moment ago, um, it can be hard sometimes to to diagnose that in yourself because nobody ever nobody ever wants to think like, yeah, that's me. I got a huge problem with uh, with money. I don't love God, but I sure love money. <laughs> and you know, so I, I guess the first question is to even start getting at at the problem of it. How do you? How would somebody go about? figuring out and diagnosing what's some of the some of the ways that we realize like maybe our priorities are out of order right now yep there's actually three steps that I take I'm just kidding um, <laughs> I was like wow <laughs> yeah, no You're ready to go nope um you know that's a great question it's a little bit of a hard question as well um probably something I hadn't really thought about and how to diagnose that um I can say for me personally it's more of you know, where does my heart lie right now? What is most important to me? When I think about what my treasure is, it's it's bigger than money for me. It's Is it relationships um, that I'm putting my treasure in? Is it uh, my family? Is it sports? Is it, you know, whatever it is, if that's it's Definitely the not sports. Okay, right? <laughs> okay, but, but go heels. We'll just throw that in. Um, but I think... You know, learning about, you know, what is, what's really important to us? What's really important to us? Is it things? Is it stuff? Or is it God? And a lot of times I think one of the things I mentioned in the sermon was, you know, we can look at our calendar. We can look at where we're putting our time. And that can also be a reflection Mm. of where our heart is. What's most important to us? I think that, um, 
for me, it also goes back a little bit to contentment. And am I content right now with what God has given us? I can have a tendency to say, oh, if we just had that, you know, or I'd really like that house or, you know, when the reality is those are desires. And I don't know that those are always bad things. It's just where am I placing that sure. um, in my life? And one of the things that I think about that I've seen, um, especially in Lake Forest folks, those who have been really blessed financially, maybe they have a larger home or, or whatever it is. I have been really um, encouraged and blessed by the people who use what they have been given by God. They use it for the people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, having um, dog days at some of these homes that are on the lake. And, you know, women really tend to, I think a lot of people tend to um, draw close to God when they're outside in a beautiful surrounding. But that has been a way for me to say, you know, I think where these people's hearts lie, even if God has blessed them with this huge whatever it is, um, they're using that for the Lord, and that's helpful to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the condition of our heart as it relates to God um, and our trust in Him and our love for Him and desire to follow Him um, in in a lot of cases can be seen in our relationship with what he has given us and particularly in the financial area you know we just call it money Um, our relationship with money uh, can say a lot about our relationship with god and and where uh, it falls on the uh, list of priorities and uh, where our trust lies And like you were saying, we were talking before, Philip, it's more of like, a, uh, in a way, the, the question that I even started with is almost starting it upside down because the, the symptoms are, are more about, it's just the, the outward sign of what's already happening inside of us, right? Yeah, I think the, um, the motivation, the root of why we do what we do is uh, infinitely more important than the process, the specifics of what we do. If our motivations uh, are are right, are are biblical, are uh, sound theologically, then the actions that we take are very likely to sort of follow suit. And that's not just in the area of, of finances, but in all areas where we've been, you know, our time, our talent, our treasure, like Cammie was saying, our calendar sometimes can help us see what our priorities, our time priorities are. Our budget can help us see what our money priorities are uh, and how we use the talents, the gifts that God has given us uh, can can help show the condition of our heart. And so uh, recogni- for me, recognizing that God is the creator, he's the sustainer, he's the maker of it all, he owns it all, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, uh, is really key to understanding that, you know, uh, I grew up with with great advantages because I happened to be born in the United States of America. Had I been born in sub-Saharan Africa, my life would look very, very, very different. And I didn't have anything to do with that. Hmm. I had nothing to do with that. God, God did that, right? He put me where he put me. He's given me what he's given me. And he just calls me to be a good manager, a good steward of that for his good purposes. And so uh, trying to keep that mindset first and foremost is 
most helpful as we move into how we actually behave with uh, the gifts we've been given. Awesome. That's super helpful, actually. I think it it's a little it's a little bit um, pressure relieving in a way also to me is, is rather than there's a lot of times in our, in our Christian walk, like you said, came in a lot of different areas. It's not just about this one thing, but we, we can, we can uh, accidentally sometimes overemphasize the result rather than the steps that we're taking to get there. When you're just looking at that one side, it feels like it, it makes a lot of it not make sense. You know, giving, giving, 10% of what you make every time directly to the church doesn't make sense outside of having a right. a heart for what God is doing in the church. It just would seem like a crazy thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, well, then practical, uh, practical from here. You'd mentioned, uh, Cammie, that that Philip is more of more of the saver or budget minded person. I guess my question is. Is that like a, is that something that you had to learn? Is that like a natural wiring thing for you that you're just more built that way to, to, to think about things like that? I would say so. Um, you know, my upbringing, uh, some of the gifts that God gave me sort of, uh, math related, quantitative related, number related kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Honey, come on. You know, that's my, (laughs) (laughs) nope. You know, I know my way around, around a spreadsheet and can, can create a spreadsheet and then you know much like mowing the grass you know you you finish that and you look at it and you know it smells good and you think man you know I can get that same kind of uh, sense of accomplishment from a nice spreadsheet and so yeah I think God wired me that way more so than than Cammie but I also believe that God in his infinite wisdom brings people together in the covenant of marriage to help them become more like him. So on the flip side, then how's it been for you? How's it been for you? And, and again, this is all stuff you touched on the edges of, but I'm just curious as you lived into it over years, are, do you find that come coming more naturally to you now that you've lived in it for a while? I think so. I mean, it's definitely, I'm not a numbers person. Wouldn't even know how to do a spreadsheet. So I'd say the greatest gift was our foundation of coming together that we had mutual um, ideas about money and that tithing was non-optional for us and that you know just other things I really do see it as a gift I don't I don't take that for granted and I think just him leading us in the way we budget and especially earlier on when we had more of the spreadsheet mentality I really did think as I said in my sermon like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have fun anymore. What's going to happen? I can't go out with my friends. And then found the opposite of, well, no, it just shows um, where the money can go. Sure. And it was helped us to be more intentional. Yeah, there's freedom within the framework, right? So when there's no plan whatsoever, then it's a free-for-all. And uh, I'm sh- I know we found, and you've probably found, I'm sure lots of the folks out there in listener land have found that when it's a free-for-all, um, there's a lot of potential for conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, money is near and dear to our hearts, particularly as Americans, uh, as independent, um, you know, hardworking Americans. And so there's a tr- tremendous amount of opportunity for conflict in that free for all. Mm-hmm. And so having a budget, having a plan and prayerfully going through that and not just 
glossing over it, but genuinely working through the details of that budget and agreeing, genuinely agreeing, hey, yeah, this is what our plan's going to look like, uh, provides freedom uh, at the end of the day because we, you know we've got X amount for entertainment, for example. And much like Cammy was saying in the sermon with, with Taylor, when she looked at the $8 you know, $1 for savings, $1 for God, eight that she was like, I get to spend all these dollars. Well, you know, you're, you're encouraged within the budget. Hey, have a blast. Spend those dollars. Do whatever you want with them. Mm-hmm. So then that leads, that leads well into the next thing I was going to ask you guys, which is, at, uh, you know, 100 people are going to do this differently. But just in your experience, as, uh, as it relates to your family, um, how do you guys how do you guys make those value judgments and decisions as you're putting together what, uh, what your spending is going to look like? Because there's only so much to go around it all. And there's not enough sometimes to do all the things. So how do you, how does, how does it look for you guys to sit down and say yes, no, yes, yes, no. And figuring out what that looks like. I think for us, it again comes down to priorities. Um, you know, going on date nights for us is a very high priority. Um, and it has been through our whole marriage. So to kind of take that as we've got this much for dates, we've got this much for babysitting, it turns into a little bit of a game for me because then I like to, oh, good, we have leftover this month, so next month we can go somewhere nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's fun for me. And, again, there is freedom in that. Um, and also, like, for us, getting away as a couple is really important, and we've seen the benefits of that in our marriage. And so even saying we're going to put money for this, for going away together, it it comes, for me, it just shows up more in our values, and that's kind of the first thing. Hmm. Well, and I think maybe even a little more down to the nuts and bolts. So, you know, with with the spreadsheet, you know, only so many things add up to 100. And if you add too much, it's 101 or 102. Yep. And so you have to you have to actually look at the nuts and bolts. But then more importantly, the overlying principles, the overlying priorities in terms of, you know, not what do we want to do with our money, but what does God want us mm-hmm. to do with his money? He's, you know, he's gifted graced us with these time this time this these talents this treasure and uh he doesn't need to do that but he does and it's from his desire i believe to help mold us and make us more like him Hmm. to seek him and to say hey god what do you want me to do with this money yeah there's a question i heard in a sermon i don't remember who it was. Gammy could have been you could have been Mike. I have no idea. (laughs) The person is lost to history, (laughs) but the thought was this, that was really, that was really convicting with me and it stuck with me along the lines of what you were just saying, Philip, which is that, uh, the, the, the person teaching said, imagine that you were called as a missionary to live in the exact place that you are already currently living in, but just put that mindset on you are, you are, are an ambassador of Christ, just like you're called to a mission field, you're called to the mission field of Huntersville, North Carolina. How would that change the way that you live? And like you're talking about, how would that change even the way that you spend what God has given you? And that took my brain. And I was like, 
because we 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 try to think about it like that, but it's it it can be it can be tricky. Yeah, that is sort of a mind blowing. Having been on a couple short term mission trips, for example, to the uh, CIN <clears throat> CIN orphanage uh, in Honduras, you know, you get away for that week with a bunch of guys, and man, you're dedicated to one cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's beautiful. It's hard, but it's beautiful. Take that and try to superimpose it on my life here, and there are so many more distractions and so many more responsibilities. You know, I, the, one of the things that I love, I tell people about going to Honduras or going to Bolivia, is that you get down there and you can't work even if you wanted to. So you're going to be focused on the mission mm. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing, but but superimpose that on our lives here, and you know, yeah, wow, that is mind blowing. Which is why the planning part is important, though, because you you there are so many things there. We have kids and jobs and things that we have to we, things that we have to do. Or you can't just say, well, I'm just gonna give 100 percent of my time to this. But in the planning is where we really figure out, okay, this is important to me, so I'm gonna set this aside to do something bigger with but the example is completely true this mm-hmm. is our mission field yeah there's no doubt every day all day long it is our mission field yeah well my my last major question i had for you guys um was this uh so just as you as you look at lots of people budget lots of people that are have uh, have no religious affiliation talk about budgeting and preach about budgeting so when it comes to the to to this topic uh even just the way that we look at our money manage our money we, we've hit a little bit but but just as as a bookend to all this cammy what what makes this different for us as christ followers as we look at how we even budget that as as opposed to someone who's just a really smart money manager who has good advice for right. somebody um I would say, as I, as I think about that, that it's more, um, for us, we put the money, like I said before, first and foremost, it's the Lord's. Let's, you know, we'll keep that in mind. So that's a different perspective than somebody that's just smart with numbers and doing this. Which but, makes it a witness. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. And so beyond that, it's, um, you know, that that we want to give to the Lord. It's his. So, you know, giving that first, the tithe first. Um, and I think that that's for us, like I said, it's been a non-negotiable, but it only became that because of our relationships with Christ. Before that, I wasn't thinking that <laughs> at all. And so, I mean, if we put a couple dollars in an offering plate, as I was growing up in my church, I felt like, man, that's awesome. So, um, but I think now it's more of that there's, I want to have for us margin so that when other opportunities do come up, that we are able to give. If it's another ministry, if it's an email about someone raising money for a mission trip, uh, like I said in my sermon, I have never regretted being generous. If I didn't owe my life and my eternity to Jesus, there's no way I'd write a check to the church. Yeah. Be the, almost the definition of idiocy, yeah. in my opinion. Hmm. Like, uh, is, is it second Corinthians where it says, you know, that's the perfect example. The, the, the things that we do because of our, basically because of our relationship, because we see Christ's love for us and our love for him, the things like that, that we do, people look at me like, 
that is dumb. <laughs> what are you doing? Yep. But it really is a witness, you know, where we where we place our trust, you know, so money's important, right? We've got to pay the rent, got to, you know, pay the bills, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I recently lost my job at the end of last year. And so I, I hope that the way that we were able to uh, weather that, not not quite frankly, even just financially, but emotionally uh, and relationally with the world around us can be a witness to the fact that, you know, my trust is not in that paycheck. Uh, my trust is not in that employer. My trust is in God. And he loves me more than those folks even dreamed about ever loving me. And he's going to take care of me uh, in the short run and in the long run. That's a scary place to get to, though, sometimes. It's, good, it's a good place, though. I mean, where, where does God want you other than relying on him, leaning into him, uh, and in some ways desperate for him? Yeah. Man, well, that's awesome. I, I thank you guys for taking the time to yeah, hang out and do us. this. Um, it's been fun. I hope I hope this has been been helpful, um, ho- helpful for you guys. Uh, we are we are excited here at Lake Forest as we're looking ahead to uh, Christmas just around the corner, and we have some neat stuff coming up in December. We hope you stay uh, stay locked in with us as we we try and figure out how we can see your lovely masked faces in December <laughs> here on campus. Uh, if you, if you're comfortable with it, we will, we will have some cool stuff. Uh, Cammie's putting on a one woman show performance on the stage. For sure. I actually did get my first Christmas mask, uh, two days ago. Really? I am not joking. I haven't even thought about that yet. Well, Hey, Harrison, <laughs> it's just, I love Christmas. So I'm just going to move ahead in that. That's good. Yeah. The themed, the themed Christmas masks are coming. Never thought we'd ever say that, but yes. We, we live in a strange place right now. Sure do. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. Have a good one. We'll catch you next time on Ask LFC Podcast. See you guys.